Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning from the great state of Maine. It is a lovely, or will be a lovely Sunday morning. Sunny, a little chilly in the boat, but up in the sun, uh, I'm sure we're topping into probably the 70s today. Mm-hmm. That is going to be pretty nice. The weekend has been perfect. I can remember summers in the past where it seemed like all week long when you're working, the weather is perfect and nice, and then the weekend comes and it rains all day. That was a lot of northern Michigan life uh, back when I was younger. Or maybe it was just the way you think about it when it happens once and then you figure it was the whole summer. But in any event, this weekend up here, perfect. Getting some work done on Mighty Sparrow. But I wanted to get on here and uh, and do a podcast because I I got permission from my sailor friend, Rod, who is uh, on West Sail 32 uh, Sequoia. And he is headed in route. As we speak, he's about halfway in between San Diego and Hawaii. And the game plan He's from Tasmania, I believe, and the game plan is to do a solo nonstop from San Diego all the way down to Tasmania to go home. And I've got the old I got the old Pacific passage planning chart laid out here and uh, got dividers in hand. And this is actually it's it's pretty funny on on Twitter the other day. Uh one of one of the guys that I follow, uh, leaving the pier, he he had mentioned that he's he's pouring over a few passage planning charts. I just hit him back. I was like, boy, that gets me into trouble because it it does. As soon as I start looking at these charts, the mind and the gears start turning, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm starting to uh, plan the next voyage <laughs> and figure out how much it's going to cost. But in any event, uh, he gave me permission uh, to be able to uh, share share his um, his adventure with everybody, and I don't know I I don't know about you guys, but I think it's really really interesting to follow along, knowing that that person is actually out at sea and uh, going through it. So uh, right now, I'm just gonna real quick. I wanna. See about how, let's see, I go about halfway, there we go. So that's 600, 900, that's 1,000. All right, so that's just 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. Just about 8,000 miles uh in a perfect line. So I'm going to call that a 10,000 mile trip that he's going on. And it's pretty interesting because the vast majority of the Pacific, or at least half of it from, from the States halfway across the Pacific is empty. And then, then it's basically Island after Island chain after Island chain. I mean, you've got, I don't think he'll go to the Marquesas, which are a bit South, uh, or maybe he will, but then you've got the Tuamotos, Tahiti, 
A little further to the west, you've got Samoa, then Fiji, and New Caledonia, and then you've got the uh, Tasman Sea, and then a bit of the Southern Ocean, and then you get to Tasmania. So definitely a arduous voyage. And if it's if it takes if it's like twelve thousand miles, I mean, I would I would assume essentially you're looking at three to four months, depending on what the wind does for you. With Sparrow. We averaged around 4.6 knots or something like that, which is about 100 and <clears throat> 115, 110 miles per day or something like that. Again, I was becalmed 39 days on that first uh, first trip where I, I moved less than 40 miles. So you got to factor those in. And there's even one day where I moved backwards 25 miles. So that really hurts the old average when it comes to it. But if you had perfect conditions, trade wind sailing, never really stopping. Uh, essentially, like what I always encounter from north of the doldrums near South America all the way up to the Caribbean, you can do two weeks of nonstop 140, 150-mile days, and those add up as well. Those are, are priceless when it comes to actual mileage. But yeah, I mean, this this trip is going to be really, really cool. But uh, I'll put the link in the description because what he's using is, I believe, an Iridium Go, which instead of a sat phone, it essentially gives you kind of like a Wi-Fi hotspot with, for, for super low data. And usually what comes with that is a, a program called Predict Wind, which when you click on the link, it shows you sort of the world map and or the world chart or no i guess it's a map because it's a weather map and it shows you all the weather and it shows not only the person's position but the entire track because it's it's one of those uh technological devices that you keep on 24 hours a day uh which i'm not the biggest fan of except for maybe the ais and when it's hot my little fans but other than that usually i like to be able to turn something on use it and then turn it off. Um, but that's just my style in any event. Uh, yeah, so he's, he's about halfway between San Diego and Hawaii and actually just reading his updates. Uh, he actually has, it's powerless by half. I'm just going to read this. It's, it's pretty quick. First true clear blue sky, North Pacific today, a few clouds scattered around the horizon and what might be termed nature's salute to the haircut and genius of Gary McDonald. Glorious. The day, the man, his legacy to his hairstyles. I have no idea who he's talking about there, but that's all right. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Investigations from yesterday seem to show that when leaving San Diego, I damaged all three batteries and perhaps an alternator. Always learning. Anyways, I'm down to about 50% power, so instead of turning south in three days, I'm going... To go to Hawaii. Oh man. Well, that's a game changer. Still a, an epic trip. Just San Diego to Hawaii is uh two thousand miles or something like that. Oh man, I'm gonna have to email and that's kind of the cool thing about the Iridium Go as well, is is you get you can email pretty easily. Um uh, I might have to email them and let them know that uh when I went through the Southern Ocean, I severely damaged my batteries and uh, was able to sort of bring them back 
up to up to snuff. But at the same time, I don't know what sort of systems he's running on that boat. Uh, there was many. There was probably two months where I had the only thing that I was able to power on Sparrow was the AIS, and I wasn't even using lights in the cab. And luckily, I had some of those solar Lucy lights or whatever they're called, so I could charge them during the day and then bungee them around the cabin. So it almost felt like I had an electrical system. Uh, but slowly but surely, because I had the solar panels, as I as I crept out of the South Atlantic, they the batteries slowly started to repair themselves. And it was a case of they were undercharged for so long that they they just I don't know if I don't think the you get the the buildup on the battery plates inside of the battery that sort of stifles their ability to take a charge. But in any event, uh, as as the solar panels were, were constantly juicing the batteries up and I wasn't putting much load on them, uh, they, they slowly began to repair themselves. And eventually, I think by the time I got back, the, the batteries were almost back to not normal, but they went from being almost completely shot to you know, being able to run the refrigerator for small periods of time and things like that. Uh, so I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll shoot them a quick email and, but I don't, you know, at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to push, push anybody into doing something. And, uh, I don't know, I don't want to influence the, the trip at all, but maybe, maybe just throw out a couple little suggestions or something like that. He's got my book aboard, so I'm sure he's, uh, uh, I'm sure he's read about sort of the battery issues that I had and all that sort of stuff. So, ah, well, that's too bad. Holy cow. That's a bit of a, bit of a shocking update, a bit of a revelation, but boy, what a trip though, man, just looking at this chart, even if he, so he gets to Hawaii, gets some new batteries and all that sort of stuff. Then from Hawaii down now he's, he's basically cruising South uh, he'll probably, if he's doing a direct route, boy, he'll have a lot of wide open ocean until he gets to, oh, he's going to pass right by Howland Island and Baker Island. Those were the two that I was trying to get to on the last voyage. So not much there. And then goes past, goes down, gets into the, the island chains near like Fiji and, uh, Vanuatu and then New Caledonia. And then he's in the, the Tasman that's still a pretty epic trip. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, hopefully all goes well with that or even better. Maybe he'll be able to, uh, uh, maybe he'll resolve the situation. I know that feeling of when you're having issues on the boat and you're way out. I mean, he's a thousand miles from any land and that's not easy. Uh, it's not easy to make clear-cut decisions uh, luckily he's on a west sail so that 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 provides a bit of comfort that i know from my own experience where you can have a lot of things going wrong on the boat but still have an extreme amount of confidence that you're not going to sink you you know that the idea of that happening is sort of like yeah right you know perfect storm guy come on uh, at least that's the way I always sort of saw it. I figured no matter what, I could at least ride things out. Even on the last trip when, when the bowsprit got damaged and 
the decking got damaged and I was taking water on, I knew that I could at least, you know, change the direction I was going and change the situation. But I never thought, like, holy cow, I'm going to sink. You know, it was an uneasy feeling having to use the hand bilge pump instead of the electric one because that one was sort of uh, not functioning very well. But still, it's it's one of those things where the thought of, oh, boy, I might be going down, that, that was never really there. I suppose I suppose that would really only come into play if you really smack into something pretty big like a container. Then you might be questioning <laughs> your future out there. Uh, but I don't know. It is. It's, it's kind of strange. When little things pop up, it's, it's kind of a roller coaster for me because obviously I've had a lot of things break while I'm out there. And it's a little scary in the beginning because all of a sudden you have something that's not functioning. And uh, so you kind of get this little bit of paranoia, a little bit of uh, sadness, I suppose. And then you figure out a way to fix it. You fix it. It works. And all of a sudden you have this very euphoric feeling, not only that you're back on track, but also that you were able to sort of overcome this bit of adversity that you hadn't expected. And now all of a sudden you're sort of, you're feeling a bit more confident. So in in a way, when, when things break down and then you're able to fix them, it does kind of, I don't know, it kind of pumps the old ego, I guess, uh, you could say. And I don't know, I I think that's just sort of a, a looking on the bright side, sort of, uh, sort of thinking, but Hey, I'll take it. I'll absolutely take it. So, like I said, I will put the link to his his uh, Predict Wind stuff in the details of this podcast, and you'll be able to just click on it, and you can see where he is. And he's doing, you know, little daily updates, a couple paragraphs, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I know I've I've followed a few trips in my day uh, from my couch, and sometimes when people write like pages of stuff, I just yeah I. I just can't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I get lost in the weeds, so to speak. Uh, but this guy is, uh, Rod's just putting a couple paragraphs out there. So it's a quick read, uh, which is kind of nice for a daily update. Cause you know, out at sea, not a whole lot changes, especially when you're in the trades and such. Um, you know, the most exciting stuff is, is usually whale sightings and, you know, squalls and things like that. You know, you, you get down to the Southern ocean or go way up in the North Atlantic, and that can get very exciting for very long periods of time. So, well, well, shoot, I'm I almost kind of feel a little down that he has to go to Hawaii now. Darn it! But hey, you know what? He's he's making the right choice, and uh, yeah, electricity, unfortunately, is something you definitely want to have. And the sort of the bad part about it is if he's already you know, at 50% capacity on normal batteries, which I'm assuming he just has normal, uh, you know, normal lead acid batteries, then essentially he's already starting brand new at 50% capacity since I learned all that from my old buddy Pax. And so now he's actually technically at about 25% capacity. So yeah, that can be a bit, uh, a bit freaky when you're out there at sea and although he's probably prepared for it, I'm sure he's got a sextant on board and all that sort of stuff. I feel like West sales sort of have to come with a sextant. <laughs> it's like part of the, 
It's in the contract. If you own a West Sale, you got to own a uh, a sextant because we are old school, baby. But it is one of the earlier ones. I believe it was built in 1972. Uh, it could be number 29 or something like that. And that's awesome. That is really, uh, that boat's 50 years old. That's That's crazy that these boats can still just ply the oceans. And most of them still are. That's really, really cool. So, well, I guess we'll, I'll, I'll sort of keep, uh, that'll be like a nice little side plot, I guess, for, for the upcoming podcast. And I, I've got an interview lined up today, but I did want to jump on preemptively and do sort of a little solo podcast, little updates, just uh, kind of to keep Murphy's Law in check. I figure if I do this podcast and I actually put it out, then the chance of this guy actually showing up and we're able to do... The podcast that I'm I'm thinking about uh, that'll happen, but if I don't do this, then uh, he won't show up, and then I'll be like, man, I don't have a, I don't have my show because I I'm it's I'm finding it <laughs> pretty hard to get these guys to sit down and talk with me. But boy, you know, I was walking around the boatyard yesterday, and you know, helping out. It's it's pretty amazing. You can you can walk around in here as an employee on the weekends because obviously I live here in the boatyard, uh, and you just, you know, you, you strike up all these conversations, you end up tinkering with other people's boats and getting to know them and all sorts of stuff. I don't know. It's it's a really good feeling. I like it. Um, it's nice. Some people, I, I'm sure, could see it as a burden, like, oh, man, you can't get away from work. But nah, for me, it's it's more about just interacting with people and, and stuff and Oh man, I yesterday was a big day for that and I I actually finally after after far far too long reached out to some of my friends in the BVI and that made me feel absolutely amazing. You know, this the last 2 years have have thrown thrown me for an absolute loop as far as, you know, business and then uh, relationships and all that sort of stuff. And I used to always say I, I was a big proponent for people, you know, just if you haven't talked to an old friend in 10 years, then give them a call because it's going to be great. It's not like the, they're going to pick up and say, oh, been a long time. Jeez, where were you? No, it's it's every time I've ever done that. And I've done that quite a bit. Uh it's always turned into a nice hour-long, great catch-up conversation, and uh, sometimes it, it leads right back into uh, staying in better contact. But yeah, yesterday, uh, a group of my friends that I've met in my presentation travels, they're out from Arizona, they are chartering in the BVI, and boom, I get a text message, they had arrived, and they're on their boat, gave them a couple little things to do. And the next thing, next thing I know, I'm seeing pictures of them hanging out with some of my old buddies down there. And boy, it warmed my heart. Holy cow. And yeah, it's just, I immediately had to track down some numbers because I've obviously lost phones, switched phones. I'm not very good with the whole contact update, blah, blah, blah. Technology. <laughs> I miss having one of those Rolodexes. Uh, I used to have it, I guess. That's what I pretty much use Facebook for, but... Since I exonated that one, uh, don't have it anymore. But uh, yeah, it it was great. I texted this old number that I found, and lo and behold, Captain Mike called me up. And 
he's an old local guy from from down there on Virgin Gorda, and he couldn't believe that I was getting back in touch. And oh, he's so happy. I think the first thing he was asked was like, "When are you coming back down here?" <laughs> and who knows? Maybe it'll be this winter. I don't know. But boy, it it just felt great. And uh, luckily, he was he was super cool, and he texted me a whole bunch of other people's phone numbers. So I'm going to use a good portion of today to actually reach out to a bunch of friends. And I definitely recommend that for everybody out there listening. You know, Maybe just think of one person today that you feel like you haven't talked to in too long and give them a call and have a little convo. And I'll bet you, bet you it brightens up your day. Now, maybe, maybe it won't. I don't know. Could fire up a little problem, but choose choose the person you want to contact wisely let's just say that <laughs> but yeah i did it, it felt really good it it, it sure rekindled uh, the thinking of like wow you know i got a boat and the caribbean's not that far and if you play your cards right you can actually live on the cheap down in the caribbean uh it's a little different you know you're you're anchoring all the time, uh, but to actually check in and go into these islands, I think in the BVI it typically costs me about fifteen dollars or something to to check in there for a month, and then when I leave, it's usually like two dollars and fifty cents. Now that may have changed, but I don't really know. But seeing how how the world is sort of opening back up and all the regulations and everything are slowly dropping off, as far as I know. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of like things are open again. So for it's been strange for the last two years. Like I, I've I've essentially felt like the all these islands and all these places are no longer open to me. And now all of a sudden I'm feeling like, oh yeah, I guess we are open. So I got a boat. Let's sail down there and go and <clears throat> have some mini adventures or something like that. I don't know, but. It is, uh, huh, it's crazy. So today, update, update, Mighty Sparrow, deep, 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 deep. Today's projects include relaxing the rig, which essentially is pretty easy. I got to pull all the pins out of all the turnbuckles that tension the wire rigging uh, to hold the mast up. You know, once you're not in the water anymore, you sort of ease everything off because there's no need for the the rig and the mast to be just buckled down tight. Not that Sparrow ever really is. We're we're a bit of a loose boat. Uh, the rigging instructions talk about you know not having anything too too tight, but it's nice. You you untension the rig a little bit. You you can feel sort of the strain disappear on the boat. Um, and it's probably better for all the, the connections and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to do that one. I have to continue the waxing process, which, boy, oh, boy, it's a pain because there's so much frosting on the paint of this old girl that you essentially have to do it twice. So once you do it with a sort of a restoring wax that it almost feels like there's a grit in it to, to sort of get that top layer of paint off, and that leaves it a little shiny. But then you have to go in with another uh, another coat of wax on top of that, just like a finishing wax. And then the paint job should come out pretty good. Uh, I, I just 
when you go for months and months at a time out at sea and you're not able to wash the boat down, it, it builds up a lot of salt scale and, and, you know, the rust streaks and all that. I gave it the acid bath a few days ago, and uh, so all the rust is gone, which already made me smile. It's kind of one of those projects where it's it's sort of a pain and it's physically, you know, kind of annoying. You know, your shoulders are, are definitely aching afterwards, but because I'm just doing it by hand, I don't, I don't have a... Uh, a buffer or anything like that. And I, you know, I, it'd be kind of nice to have one, I guess, but whatever. Good exercise. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you do like one section and then you look at it compared to the rest and you're sort of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I see why I'm doing this. And I want to make Sparrow look pretty good. Cause we've got, I've got the flags flying and people see them and they like it. And it's, it's sort of like the, uh, I guess it's sort of like the bat signal here in Rockland <laughs> for sailors. Like, oh, drones back. Let's go talk sailing, and it's nice. I I'm very very fortunate to to have people that uh, stop by because they see the flags and uh, they see I'm back and they want to know how the last trip went and all that. And actually, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of enjoying talking about this this last trip and sort of the what happened and all the circumstances and everything. And it's, it's kind of nice. I mean, it, in some ways, it, running through that, that tropical storm, I don't know. It makes the story a little more, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just makes it cooler. And it, 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 it sort of validates the decision, I guess, to, to sort of come back, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it's nice. And I, I like, again, it's just, it's just meeting people and, and, and all that, and it's it's fantastic. I I definitely like it, and I'm I'm more than blessed that uh, people find find it interesting and uh, worth their while to come down for a quick visit here at Old Night Marine. Oh man, my home for the summer. Yeah. So other than that, I do need to flush the engine. Going to do that today. So those are my three main projects. I'm not shooting for the stars here. I'm shooting for the moon, hoping to land on one of the uh, SpaceX satellites or something. <laughs> something like that. Uh, it's Sunday. I like to take a nice, easy Sunday. Uh, I'm not... I Saturday is more of a go-getter day, and uh, I actually worked quite a bit yesterday. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh kind of I kind of like to I like to be productive for sure but I also like to pick and choose what I'm productive at and do the things that I think will be actually really fun uh and believe it or not one of the things I want to do besides this this podcast interview later today is uh we have this old big rig truck that we essentially at the yard sometimes we put the boats together so close that you can't get in there with the travel lift which is big lego box looking thing with two straps and you you bring that over the entire boat and then you pick it up with the straps and then you can drop it in the water well you put the boats together really really tight in the winter time so you, you know obviously more room so you actually have to come in with this this big rig with this trailer that gets underneath it and has mobile arms and stuff and or hydraulic arms and then you pick the boat up pull it out of its spot park it and then bring the travel lift over that, pick the boat up off the truck, and then drop it in the water. And this truck is old, but it's like old glory, you know. It's got, you know, night marine service on the side. 
you know, it's got it. It's uh, it needs a paint job, whatever. But it's a it's a workhorse. I mean, you're you're piling jack stands, wooden blocks, all sorts of stuff in it, chains. So she's she's uh, she's due for a little TLC, and I've got this little electric pressure washer um, that, at least for the the bed of it, the working part, which is you know the paint's all chipped and all that sort of stuff. But I'm gonna try and juice that up a little bit. You know, take like an hour. And I don't drive it. I've only driven it once. It terrifies me. But uh, so Dave, Dave kind of makes fun of me at that. And I, I just tell him I'm, I'm just a product of my teacher. You know, if uh, if you can't motivate me to to want to learn how to do this, I don't know. It's your fault. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm really looking forward to the time where I get to sit down with him. You guys are gonna really enjoy that podcast. He is. One of the smartest, uh, wittiest people up here in Maine that I have met, and uh, just one heck of a person, but really interesting as well. His uh, his life has had many turns, twists, turns, and uh, bumps, but he's uh, a great, great coworker and absolutely just fantastic guy. So, hoping to be able to sit down with him soon. Uh, but yeah, I wanna I wanna go ahead and clean out the cab a little bit. Uh, he came up when I was running the tractor the other day and just give me some grief. You know, the tractor just sits outside and uh, he looks and there's like a, a cobweb on one of the uh, on one of the instrument panel things. And he's like, hey, you see that cobweb? Well, take better care of your equipment. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, dude, you've never cleaned one of these machines in your life. Uh, so anyway, I hopped in the cab of the big rig when he was driving that, which he can drive this thing to such pinpoint accuracy. It's insane. It scares me half to death. Like my job is to tell him when to stop. And if I stop the rig three inches from a boat stand, he's like, geez, come on guy. We got miles. I mean, he wants to get it like a half an inch away. It's, it's terrifying. And if he bumps it with too much speed, it'll knock the stand out and the boat will fall over. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Anyway. Up in there, and I look around in this cab, and there is about an inch thick crust of dust on everything. Every surface is peeling, and I just look at him like, "Hey, bud, take better care of your equipment." Uh, but obviously, he's not going to do that. It's a dusty, dirty place here in the boatyard, so cleanliness really isn't uh, isn't the goal. It's more about get the boats in as soon and as fast as you can safely without dropping any of them. So. I don't know, though. You know, you take a wet rag, you go in there, 10, 15 minutes, get all the dust out, give it a vacuum, and who knows, maybe Monday morning, instead of being all grief-stricken and ornery, he'll hop in that sucker, big smile on his face, and uh, get to work a little faster. Who knows? (laughs) All about the motivation here, folks. All about it. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much the update on, on old Sparrow and, uh, just yard life and everything in general. It's been, it's been a good weekend. Uh, it's, you know, last weekend we had Murph and I had been tipped, uh, two bottles, uh, one bottle of some sort of whiskey that he got. And then I, I received a 90 proof bottle of bullet bourbon whiskey or something. And so we sort of, as the weekend came up, we were like, oh boy, it's going to be crazy. We got these two bottles, da-da-da. And uh, 
We labeled it Whiskey Weekend. And boy, oh boy, I have forgotten how powerful that sort of stuff is, especially a 90 proof. I mean, I like two mixed drinks and I I was already sort of like spacey. Like, I I think this is when I need to go to bed, right? (laughs) I'm not 25 anymore. And uh, yeah, not a whole lot got done. Not going to lie. It was uh, not not a weekend wasted by any means. Uh, It was a lot of good, fun time hanging out and laughing and eating and and drinking. Uh, But, you know, Throughout the week, it's sort of like, yeah, you might have a cocktail at cocktail hour, but that's that's about it, or a beer after work sort of thing. But, you know, that's that's it for the week. So you sort of look forward to cutting loose on the weekend. But, oh, yeah, I came up to this weekend, and I was like, I'm not falling into that trap again. Not a chance. <laughs> Luckily, Murph had, had done his due diligence, and uh, both bottles were already gone uh, by the time we got to the – Got to the weekend, so it's kind of like Murph jumped on that uh, grenade for old J-Rome, which is great. So we've been sort of uh, taking her easy this weekend and trying to get a, a lot of stuff done uh, before before we kick back in, because we still have, it's essentially, the big push is all the way till July, thir- or July 4th weekend uh, up here. A lot of the saying goes, if you don't get your boat in by the 4th of July, you might not as might as well not even put it in because uh, the season is so short up here. So it's just going to be launching seven to ten boats every single day, trying to ride the tide as best we can because here at the yard we can only launch boats for about the, the two hours around high tide on either side. And uh, then once that happens, then it's it's sort of clean up and all that sort of stuff. But this last week we had a lot of boats and the tides were pretty bad. High tide was at like four or five in the morning and then, and then equally late at the end of the day. And so we'd be starting at, at five and all that sort of stuff. But this, this week it's, it's leveled out. So we get to sort of come in at a normal time, seven thirty, and, and actually prep and then put the boats in and do that pretty much all day. And then a little cleanup at the end of the day and then we're gone. But yeah, so that's, that's pretty much the, the update and we're, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just, we're pushing for a couple more weeks and then, then things slow way down and we get into some different projects and sort of general upkeep and maintenance of the equipment. And then also trying to pretty this place up to, uh, expose its beauty and, uh, wonder because, like any place that you have to work really hard, it's sort of like, well, well, we'll get this in and then we'll stack those over there and we'll get to it. And I'm I'm looking forward to the point where we can get to it, all those little things and just, I don't know, I've, I've always really liked to organize places and make them look nice and because uh, presentation, I think, is, is a big key. You want people to be able to walk in here and be like, wow, this is a great little boatyard. Holy cow, I got to see about taking my boat there. That's what I want. Oh, but yeah, other than that, that's pretty much it. So this is going to be a bit of a short one, but, uh, I promise I am, I am pushing hard to try and get, uh, some, some really great interviews. There's, there's a number of people up here that when I just chat with them briefly, they, uh, they spit out some real gems from their life experience, whether it's fishing or sailing or just anything. Uh, I really, really uh keep keep pushing to to get them on the show and i know that people are a little nervous and don't really understand how how wonderful it is to just 
Come aboard, Mighty Sparrow. Have a seat. Have a cup of coffee. Chat a little bit. You just have this big microphone in front of your face, and and we record it and share it with the entire planet. (laughs) Oh, man. I got the best listeners ever. I... uh, can't thank you guys enough for for sending in emails, questions, comments, all that sort of stuff. I was given the contact information for Dave King, uh, who is the guy, I believe, who modified his West Sale 32 to go on to win under corrected time. Uh, I believe he won overall the Transpack either once or twice in a West Sale 32, and it's essentially closing the gap and fairing the gap in between the rudder and the hull. Uh, I haven't looked that in-depth into it, but I do know Peter Beal, and he's a glass man, and if it looks like something that uh, could be done, I would definitely do that because I think they talk about gaining on average between half and one and a half knots of boat speed out of it or something like that. I don't know. I'm going to delve into that one, but uh, I want to thank... Oh, shoot. I don't have it on my phone right now, but I want to thank the person who emailed that in. Uh, All that information. I'm going to draw it up right now because I want to give a shout out. I love that stuff. Uh, And I know they appreciate it as well. Do, 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 do. Let's see. Oh, man. Oh, there we go. Steve. Steve V. I won't give away your last name, but thank you, Steve, for for sending in that information. I really appreciate it. Um, oh, and oh, I, it's the dream. It's, well, <laughs> I wouldn't say the dream, but I think we're getting kind of close. Uh, there's, there's a few uh, nibbles uh, for the old presentation. One of them is a virtual one, but... I will take what I can get, and we're going to have a little conference call on Monday about that, uh, which could be really, really cool and obviously beneficial financially, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, maybe up here at uh, the old Lobster Fest here the first full weekend in August, they have the Lobster Festival here in Rockland, Maine, and there's, besides all the other activities and stuff, they have booths, they have author signing, book signings, uh, and then there's also... A few little things for Q&A sessions, seminars, blah, 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 presentations, perhaps. And luckily, the owner of uh, Night Marine is actually the president of the Lobster Fest. And uh, not that I was soliciting that I could go and do it, but uh, I was approached about it. And hey, who knows? Might uh, might be able to do a little stage time uh, at the Lobster Fest, which would be pretty cool. So and I've got some some time to sort of narrow things down, but uh, yeah, it feels it feels sort of good. I I really would love to be able to kick that sort of back into gear because that that story, a sea story so epic is uh, it's timeless, <laughs> and I don't mind telling it over and over again because I always tell it different. Uh, I don't have a set. Uh, I have I have a few videos that I always include in the presentation for sure because they're pretty cool. But uh, it's really I've never told it the same way twice, and it's I think that's what makes it sort of enjoyable and not monotonous to get up there and talk. Plus, half of the thing ends up being Q and A. Uh, I always I always start off saying you know I'll 
I'll answer questions for as long as I can, and that gets me into trouble because I'll tell the story over the first hour, open up the Q&A, and then another hour goes by because, you know, it's impossible to shrink down 271 days of living out at sea down to one hour, but I try my best. So a lot of good news on the horizon. Going to link up with some old friends today as well. Get some stuff done on Sparrow. It's going to be a productive, nice little Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully I will get some more podcast interviews. We're going to learn some stuff uh, from, from some fellow sailors and other people alike. And I hope everybody's doing well out there. And yeah, basically, thanks for listening. I still, uh, it's it really just, ah, it uh, it makes my heart flutter to get uh, information or emails and 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 I guess I mean I got to call it what it is. I guess it's like fan mail. <laughs> whoa, whoa! <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself. Maybe it's not fan mail. <laughs> But in any event, if you do want to support the podcast, head over to Patreon. I'm gonna always got to do that pitch. Uh, Sailing into oblivion. I'll put uh, that link in the description as well. And if you want to email and contact the show, just head over to sailingintooblivion.com, and you'll be able to see or or contact me through that. And you can write an email, and I definitely read them, obviously. And uh, we'll get right on it. So if you got information you want to hear about questions to ask i will do it and then obviously i i guess i i should say i mean if, if people want to see videos and things like that i mean it's it's all i've kept it all sailing into oblivion so it's easy um but there's videos obviously on youtube and they're on tiktok they're not they're not like fancy edited ones i'm i don't have the time or the drive to do that but if I've got a good couple of clips, I can string them together, throw them on there, and uh, that way people can actually sort of see some of this stuff. So, yeah, just search Sailing Into Oblivion. Thank you so much for listening once again, and uh, until next time. <laughs>